1: Hey everybody and welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Stacy.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Alicia. Holy cats, I'm excited about today's episode, Stacy. Tell me, tell me, who you got? I've been waiting to use this song by Kelly Clarkson for a long time. Stronger, what doesn't kill you? I have found the perfect candidate today. Oh, excellent. Garcelle Beauvais, a fan favorite on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but no worries for my non- Housewife People, the story is amazing. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And with Garcelle's two divorces and many, many spider webs, she is a testament to that. I think you're going to like it. I can't even wait. So what do we need to do now? We got to go, go, go. Oh, Stacy! I love this story so much. Let me tell you about the beautiful Haitian-American model and actress, Garcelle Beauvais. She's now a fan favorite on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but she's been working in Hollywood since the late 1980s. Hmm. One of the first times we saw her on camera was in the Eddie Murphy film Coming to America in 1988. She had many minor roles in popular shows like Miami Vice, Family Matters, The Cosby Show, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air before landing bigger parts like you do. Garcelle started building a name for herself in the mid-1990s on the Fox soap opera Models Incorporated and the Jamie Foxx show. After starring in the Jamie Foxx show for the entire run of the series, Garcelle takes on the role of assistant district attorney Valerie Haywood on NYPD Blue. Hmm. Many things have changed for Beauvais since those early acting days She's dated quite a few Hollywood A-listers. She's had three children, expanded her acting resume a great deal. For our purposes here at Trashy Divorces, Garcella's also tried her hand at marriage twice, both times ending in divorce. Her second divorce caused quite a scandal. (laughs) I love this part. When she sends an email to her cheating husband's colleagues (laughs) after finding out that he cheated so they would all know what he had done. Oh, boy. There's so many really good parts of this story.
1: It's always so awkward to be in a position of, like, rooting for the divorce, but here we are. It's what we do.
0: Here we are. In April of this year, April 2022, Beauvais published a tell-all memoir called Love Me As I Am. We do appreciate these. Love tell-all memoirs. (laughs) Garcelle recounts her childhood, her modeling career, her Hollywood experiences, love life, marriages, motherhood. When she was asked why she felt now was a good time to write about her very eventful life, she said, The reason why this book makes sense to me now is I feel like I'm in a good place personally and professionally, but also I've made some peace with the past and forgiven some people and also forgiven myself. I think that's why I've been able to write the book. It just felt right. Cheers to you, Garcelle. Let's get into it. Garcelle Beauvais was born November 28th, 1966 in San Marc, Haiti. Although the 28th is her actual birthday, when she was immigrating to the United States, the paperwork at the airport mistakenly had November 26th on it. So that's how it's reported on all of her Mm -hmm. documentation. Just a little bit of an error there. Clerical error. Typo. Garcelle's the youngest of seven kids, and her parents divorce when she's really young. In a really classic bad move from dad here, when Garcelle is three, her dad leaves to get ice cream. Oh, no. And Garcelle doesn't see him again <gasps> until she's 14 years oh, old. Oh, my God. What a stereotype.
1: Honey, running out for cigarettes.
0: See <laughs> in a decade.
1: I mean, like, not to... Diminish the trauma that this must have inflicted on the whole family,
0: but wow. There's a bad dad trope for you. Fortunately, though, Garcelle has a very strong mother and many older siblings to keep her grounded, but she realizes that the lack of father influence in her childhood had a profound effect. She will write, I don't remember much of anything about him during my early years. I don't have memories of snuggling or me sitting on his lap and being held. I don't have a distinctive smell of cologne or a tender moment to associate with him. There was no paternal bond or air of familiarity and affection with this person who I was told was my dad. The word dad for me at a young age held no meaning or customary feelings of safety, protection, or love to associate with it. He simply didn't exist. And my world consisted of just me, my mom, my sisters, brothers, and some extended family. Garcelle grows up in a middle-class neighborhood in Port-au-Prince. And being middle-class in Haiti was different than being middle-class in America. Her childhood consisted of sharing the clay roads with goats and sheep and donkeys. She remembers the fragrant, brightly colored flowers and swaying palm trees. The landscape. Come on. Haiti. Beautiful. Yeah. But there's also, right, the other side of that, crushing poverty and despair. So when Garcelle is six years old, her mom decides to move the family to North America, to the United States. The whole family, if you can imagine, flies to Boston. What? Massachusetts in the dead of winter. I was
1: going to say, tell me it was January. Okay,
0: wow. You can imagine this comes as quite a shock to our young Garcelle. Yes,
1: Fewer goats, much more snow.
0: It's freezing. Yeah. And all of the bold and bright and beautiful splashy colors she's used to seeing. Nope. Do, do not, ex- I'm not sure if you've been to Boston and Massachusetts in January, friends, but it's pretty gray. Check out the ducks, though. <laughs> Another small complication for Garcelle. She only speaks Creole and French. Oh, boy. So she hasn't learned English while living in Haiti, sharing the roads with ducks and geese. She speaks Creole and French. Sure, The family will settle in Peabody, Massachusetts, which is a small suburb of Boston. At this time, very little diversity in the 1970s. Garcella is also the only black girl in her school.
1: Wow. So not fluent in the local language, like stands out just across the board. Plus, she's deprived of all of the familiarity. You got it. Okay. You wrapped
0: it all up. Not only does she look different, she sounds different, too. And she is away from everything familiar. Again, 1970s. During that time, not a lot of support or resources for immigrant families in transition. Garcelle thanks, like we all do, Sesame Street for teaching her English. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Thank you, Sesame Street. Forever and always Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. Once Garcelle settles into her new surroundings, though, she thrives. She begins making friends and participating in school activities. By high school, Garcello's involved in every extracurricular and after-school activity she can find. She begins to find she loves performing because she's a cheerleader. Oh, I like to be out there in front of a crowd and rooting Mm -hmm. people on. She does great in dance classes which are great for her because she's able to combine her love of music and her passion for performing. She's blossoming, Garcelle. At 16, which probably had to be a little bit of a tough time, 16 is kind of the last time you want to move, but for Garcelle, hold on, her mom decides to leave Boston. After a decade, even the ducks don't hold that much fascination in January. Mom wants to go to a warmer climate, so mom takes the family to Miami. Age-old migration pattern. <laughs> the family gets in Miami. Garcelle's like, whoa. Hey, here's home. Here's heat and palm trees yep. and vibrantly colored flowers. Oh, and food plants, with flavor. woof." And, and, yeah. and, now, <laughs> Garcelle's excited, going to the schools in Miami, thinking they'd be more diverse. And maybe she'd find more teenagers who looked like her. But mm-hmm. instead, she got a rude awakening. The other girls made fun of her. They threatened to beat her up after school for speaking and acting, quote unquote, too white. Oh, wow. That's, I guess that's called an overcorrection.
1: I, that, wow, that sucks.
0: Okay, so when Garcelle's there, some of the girls at the first school that she goes to start getting pregnant. And Garcelle's mom is like, oh, nope, hell no. Garcelle's mom pulls Garcelle and enrolls her somewhere else. This is also terrible. So imagine this transition. Okay. We were already moving. Now we're uprooted from schools right around this time is when remember the dad, who went out for ice cream. Oh yeah. Long absent. It took me a long time to find the ice cream. Yeah. Dad shows up, traveled the world, finding the world's best ice cream. Dad shows up with no ice cream. What? No apologies. Dad offered no excuses for the 13 years. Yeah. He's just been gone. Wow. He just jumped in the family. Like nothing had happened. And Garcelle's mother let him. Mm. Wow, that's awkward. No, so let's talk about it. In Haitian tradition, the men rule the family. And Garcelle's mother was happy to follow this traditional role, even though he'd abandoned her and the seven kids for the last 13 years. And all of a sudden, they had to wait till start dinner until he got home. And now dad's around just sitting on the couch, right, scratching his balls like Lindsay Buckingham. He's not helping around the house He's very critical of everyone. Whoa. The unmitigated gall. No, you haven't. No. Okay. You, you got you got it up? Because there's one more. I'm going to do one better. To make matters worse, dad soon brings home a son he'd had with another woman while he'd been gone. I bet the kid ate a lot of ice cream. Since you've been gone. May have been the Kelly Clarkson song wow. for this one. Anyway, can you imagine? No. Garcelle is watching this. M- Garcelle's mother's doting on the... Prodigal father, yeah.
1: Oh my God, the rage that would build in me. Ugh.
0: This, understandably, caused a great deal of problems in Garcelle's very <laughs> close relationship with her mother. I realize you have a script. I'm sorry to keep stepping on it. No, you're just right there. But watching this dynamic really does help Garcelle realize some very valuable things about herself and about being a woman. I really do love this story. Big thanks to Melissa O. Our housewives. Correspondent. She knocked this one out of the park. Garcelle writes, reflecting on the lesson I learned from my relationship with my mother, I recognized I was also taught from an early age that pleasing men and making them happy was the most important hallmark of being a quote unquote good woman, according to my Haitian mother. My mom catered to dad and before him to my brothers as well. She always put their needs above her own. In her eyes, this defined her as a very good woman. I'm not debating her goodness as a woman. I only grapple with what she internalized as the source of her worthiness. Sadly, that's just how she was taught to exist in her world. Her worth was determined by their happiness and unfortunately stifled by the times in which she grew up. She was a good woman for so many other reasons, And it makes me sad to know that I don't think she fully realized it. Hmm. Imagine what she could have done if she had realized her true worth and her true power. That's a powerful statement. Yep. Big things, though, are on Garcelle's horizons when she's just still 16. Because in Miami, they have a lot of oranges. Turns out they do some orange juice commercials. Garcelle is asked by a friend to be in the orange juice commercial and On the set, Garcelle finds out that the lead actress was represented by the Irene Marie Models Agency. And within a few days, Garcelle is in a car driving to Fort Lauderdale, where the office of the Irene Marie Models was located.
1: It's good networking right there.
0: Yeah. Does Garcelle have an appointment? Or headshots? I'm going to guess no. No! Does Garcelle even know what a modeling agency does? Also, gonna guess no. But hey, you know what? She's gonna get in the car and she's gonna go find out. So, on her way to the agency, she looks in the side mirror at a traffic light to see if she needed more lipstick. This is how she describes what happens next. When I reached over to grab my lipstick out of my bag, I was completely startled by a hand reaching into my car with a business card. The voice attached to the hand told me, You should be a model. <laughs> The name of the card was Irene Marie. Oh my God. I later learned that she was stopped at the same light in a car behind me and she saw my face in the side mirror. This was not just a simple twist of fate. This was God. Isn't that the most amazing story? Let me see if I need lipstick in the very person I'm going to meet. Incredible. Garcelle will work for a while with Irene Marie before being scouted and signed by... Eileen Ford, Mm, and moving to New York. Between her modeling jobs, Garcelle will work as Bunny Garcelle in the Playboy Club after Mm. getting a fake ID, because she's technically underage while she's doing this.
1: Hugh didn't really check paperwork that much, I don't think.
0: Garcelle's modeling career really starts to take off after being spotted on a New York City bus by the editor of Essence Magazine. Once seen... (laughs) How is this? The editor of Essence magazine is like, you need to be on the cover of my magazine. Yeah, apparently mm-hmm. Garcelle
1: just needed to be transiting in public. <laughs> Here's a subway token,
0: kid. Path to success. <laughs> so one day, Garcelle is told that she's going to be doing a shoot for the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan. And she said the name wasn't familiar to her, but she knew she should act real excited based on how her agent shared the news with her. And when Garcelle meets Michael Jordan, she's very impressed by how tall and handsome he was and the two will start to date. Garcelle quickly stops the budding relationship though after Jordan asks her to go on a romantic trip to Hawaii. Garcelle writes, like a naive little girl, I was clutching my pearls. And shocked by the idea of going to Hawaii with a man I'd just met, I graciously turned him down, and that was the end of that. Oh well, I blew that one. Garcello will continue modeling and having a great time in New York City, traveling the world with Eileen Ford modeling. By the late 1980s, Garcello's appearing on television shows and playing the rose bearer alongside Eddie Murphy in *Coming to America*. She's really on a roll. So are we. It's a great spot to take a break before we come back with the incident with Bill Cosby and her first marriage. Ooh. See you on the flip. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Incident with Bill Cosby, you say? Yeah, on a very exciting day, Garcelle's 18 years old now, two years later in our timeline. She gets a call from her agent saying that Bill Cosby wanted to contact her. Mm, Very exciting. Garcelle writes, To a young black girl in the 1980s, that was a huge deal because he was one of the biggest celebrity idols in black pop culture. Needless to say, Garcelle agrees to let her agent pass on her phone number and shortly after that phone call, Garcelle gets a small part as a nurse on The Cosby Show. This was the episode where Theo's teacher is having a baby and Bill Cosby, Dr. Huxtable is her doctor, and after rehearsals one evening, Garcelle was invited to go with Cosby, in his limousine, to meet up with a friend hmm. at a fancy Park Avenue hotel. Hmm. Now, Garcelle, super excited, super delighted to see Sammy Davis Jr. when they arrived. Oh, wow. Yeah, happy birthday, Sammy Davis Jr., just this past week. I see what you mean about the spider webs. Garcelle had fun talking and laughing with the group. Here's Bill Cosby and Sammy Davis Jr., and I'm 18 years old. Yep. Like, surreal and exhilarating and... Yep. It's the most magical evening. Don't make it weird, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby's going to make it weird. Okay. He invited her to his house on another occasion because he said he wanted to talk to her about college and to run through a couple of scenes with her. Here is Garcelle's account of what happened. When I arrived at his impressive townhouse on the Upper East Side, I only saw Mr. Cosby. After a bit of time passed, I developed a nagging feeling that There was someone else in the house. Shrugging it off, I quickly decided that it was maybe just a butler, chef, or someone else who worked for him. I don't know why it bothered me, but I let it slide. Mr. Cosby asked me if I wanted a drink, and for the first time, I tried the famous Sambuca. I can't remember if it had the coffee beans in it, but instantly I felt like a grown-up. Here I was, having a grown-up power meeting all by myself with a Hollywood icon. I had truly arrived. Taking a sip of the exotic concoction, I knew immediately I didn't like it one bit. I have to admit, at the time, I wasn't a drinker at all. Hell, I wasn't even of drinking age. On top of that, the nagging inner voice started to get louder and harder to avoid. I started to feel very uncomfortable for some reason. I don't know why, but something didn't feel quite right. I immediately made up an excuse... And I was out of the townhouse like a bat out of hell. I was running from an unknown entity and my sense of discomfort was all the jet fuel I needed. I never saw Mr. Cosby again. He called. I never replied. This was one of the first times I realized how important it was to trust my instincts Mm -hmm. and act on what I believed in despite the situation.
1: I wonder how many years it was before she realized, like... What that could have all been about. How, yeah, how, allegedly, uh, how bullet dodgy that was. Yeah. All right.
0: Holy cats. We're here for trashy divorces. Let's get Gar, let's get Garcelle married. In 1990, Garcelle meets her first husband, Daniel Saunders, on a, where else? New York City sidewalk. Oh my God. (laughs) Daniel is incredibly handsome and smart and confident, studying for the bar exam when they meet. The two have many things in common. They're instantly drawn to each other. Garcelle will write, We were young, ambitious, and full of so many lofty dreams, neatly tied up with white picket fences. The two get married. Garcelle gets quickly pregnant. At the time, being a pregnant model was not exactly good for the career. But despite it being frowned upon for her to have a child so young in the prime of her modeling career, Eileen Ford actually threw her a baby shower in her home. Like Eileen Ford's home, Yeah. yeah. Their son Oliver was born in 1991, but a few days after taking Oliver home, Garcelle and Danny start to become concerned, not because he's not healthy, but because mom and dad think the baby might be white. Humorously recounting the story, Garcelle, that she and Daniel begin to wonder if the hospital had given them the wrong baby, so they decide to call the hospital. Oh, my God. And Garcelle nervously is like, um, excuse me, but we're a black couple that just gave birth the other day and everybody's doing fine. We just don't understand why our baby is so white. <laughs> Did they get the wrong baby? No. Okay. The nurse laughed a little and said, check his ears, dear. He will eventually become the color of the tops of his ears. And Garcelle right? sure enough, within a few weeks, our little boy... Changed into a little chocolate drop right before our eyes. <laughs> That's fascinating. Can you imagine? Um, could you check? Did we get the are you? Right, there? baby, wrong baby, baby. All right. Life is great for the young family. Oliver is a happy and healthy baby, and Garcelle's modeling career continues to thrive, despite her being a new mother. When the baby's about six months old, the couple decides to move to Los Angeles, not wanting to raise him in a big city. And Garcelle also is wanting to transition fully now from modeling into acting. Yeah, sleepy old Los Angeles. Well, you know, but I mean, new mom and career demands balancing with motherhood. Sure. Garcelle says she often felt guilty, wishes she could spend more time with Oliver, but she's thrilled that her acting career is taking off. It's, you know, quite Mm -hmm. a, quite a blend. Gotta buy the baby food. In more spiderwebs, goodness, in 1994, she will land a role in Aaron Spelling's soap opera, Models Incorporated. The show only lasts for one season, but will lead to her biggest break in acting to play Fancy Monroe on the Jamie Foxx show from 1996 to 2001. Now, the Jamie Foxx show, super important in a lot of ways for her. Jamie Foxx is coming straight from his breakout success on In Living Color, right? And the show does well in ratings, but especially well with black families because it's an important cultural representation for young black people that had so far not been represented. It also makes Garcelle Beauvais a household name with the loyal viewers of the show. Garcelle explains it was an intoxicating whirlwind time, but says it was not always a positive way for her young son to grow up under this, quote, hyper-intense version of real life, unquote, where everything was exciting and flashy. Her career demands and success also contribute to the downfall of her marriage. Hmm. After nine years of marriage, Garcelle and Daniel will divorce in the year 2000. She will write, The divorce was neither amicable nor easy. Hmm. It was simply a relationship that had run its course and fizzled out. Danny wasn't as emotionally, financially, or physically supportive as I would have hoped. The problems continued after the divorce was finalized, too. Garcelle earns more money than Danny and was able to give more material things and a stable lifestyle. Danny, on the opposite side of this, will claim that Garcelle emasculates him. Co-parenting their child through this was sometimes a struggle. Sounds like a bit of a rigmarole. So Garcelle puts Oliver in the most expensive school she can, thinking it's the best thing for her son because, hey, let me get you the best education Mm -hmm. money can buy. Mm -hmm. Kid goes to school with the children of Denzel Washington, Magic Johnson, Bruce Springsteen, many other celebrities. Now she thinks he probably only got in because they needed more diversity (laughs) since she was not a celebrity on par with the others there. Garcelle realizes now that this was probably not the best move for the kid since they weren't at the same level financially or in level of fame with some of the other families in the school. It was difficult for her son to feel like he fit in when he would go into these 20,000 square foot mansions and see other kids getting dropped off, picked up in limousines. Garcelle will write that she didn't grasp how impressionable he would be to that much wealth, access, and fame. She was just busy trying to be a single mom, breadwinner, yeah. successful career, handling it. Yep. Oliver does begin to struggle, and by his teen years, bless his heart, he'd been kicked out of five schools for wow. behavioral reasons, also like not doing well academically falling into a severe drug addiction. Oliver now is clean and doing well, which is fantastic news. Mm. But Garcelle confesses there were many times she thought she was going to lose him to addiction and nothing she did seemed to help, which is a heartbreaking heartbreaking feeling. Good news today, though. Kid's happy. He's married. Young son. Oliver's come through on the other side. What I wish I could tell every teenager. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. It gets better, I believe, is the phrase. through high school. Mm -hmm. It does get better. I'm going to take a quick moment here to be back with marriage number two, the email scandal. You don't want to miss it. Trashy at its height, friends. Back in a sec.
1: So, Alicia, this is a but her emails situation? Yeah, a little
0: bit of a but her emails. Mike Nyland is an up-and-coming talent agent at Creative Artists Agency. And Garcelle's manager introduces the two of them. And Mike's just starting out in the industry and CAA, super powerful agency. Garcelle's manager naturally is like, hey, I want you to meet this guy. Garcelle and Mike meet. They like each other. They become friends. After about a year, the two start dating. Mike is reliable and stable, and he's solid choice as a partner in the Hollywood world of A-listers, professional athletes, and rock stars. He's also, Mike is, nice and nurturing to Garcelle and her kid. The couple date for two and a half years before deciding to marry, and both of them have very hot careers. You don't have a hot career without putting a lot of time and energy into it. When you have a hot career, you get some glamorous perks, right? Invitations to the Oscars and Vanity Fair parties and expensive vacations and celebrity friends, big houses. A little while after getting married, the couple decides to try to have a child together. And Garcelle's almost 40 and the couple had difficulty getting pregnant. They started the, because it's true, emotionally and physically exhausting process of in vitro treatments. After disappointments and miscarriages, Garcelle finds out that she was pregnant with twins in 2007. Garcelle gives birth to their two sons in October of that same year. The couple's thrilled to have their twins, plus her son, and Mm -hmm. they're all busy and tired from caring for two newborns and the older (laughs) son and their careers. And Garcelle is so busy that she doesn't Realize that she is about to get the most shocking news of her life. About nine years into the happy, successful, but tired (laughs) marriage, uh, Garcelle's in Atlanta shooting a pilot. It's Easter weekend coming up, and Garcelle manages to convince the director to wrap her scenes early so she can go home, surprise, and celebrate with her family. That's That's nice, like Easter. Garcelle excitedly calls Mike to let him know, and asks him to pick her up from the airport, and his response was the first sign that something might have been amiss. Hmm. Mike says, why don't you take the car? But Garcelle convinces her husband to come get her from the airport. And when she arrives at the airport, he's late. And when she finally sees him coming around the corner, she gets kind of a sinking feeling in her gut that something is wrong. But like we so often do, we try to push the feeling aside. They arrive home and Garcelle is excited to see her kids and Mike's parents who are visiting for Easter. Everything seems to be fine. And the next day, the entire family is leaving for an outing and Mike's parents are in a separate rental car. And she realized that she needed to call them to ask them to stop for something. And she can't find her cell phone because holiday weekend, like who knows. So she Mm -hmm. grabs Mike's cell phone instead and looks down at his most recent text message. Uh Uh-oh. And reads the words, I love you. Oh, boy. From a number she doesn't recognize.
1: Interesting. It's brutal. Maybe just fan. Maybe just a fan reaching out. Sure, sure. It's Inman. It's our cat. He misses us. I love you. I love you, man. Just a drinking buddy
0: of his. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. On the sauce at 9 a.m. Sure, I love you, man. (laughs) Garcelle naturally begins questioning Mike in the car. Yeah. He gets stiff and turns white, but tells her it's nobody. And when she realizes that her children are listening to the conversation, she quits discussing it until they could get home. They finally get home and Garcelle will ask her mother-in-law to watch the kids for a little while. And her mother-in-law is like, you look like you've been crying. And Garcelle replies, I think Mike is having an affair her mother-in-law, holds Garcelle's shoulders, looks into her eyes and says, no, 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 he doesn't have it in him. Oh, but that it were true. Once Garcelle and Mike were alone in their room, he confessed that he, in fact, had been having an affair. And it hadn't been just recently. He tells his wife that he'd been having an affair for five years with someone (sighs) in Chicago, quote, unquote. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Shocked and heartbroken, Mm -hmm. Garcelle tells him that she refused to pretend this wasn't happening in front of his parents, who were staying with us for the entire weekend. You picked a fine time to tell me, Mike. Yeah. Mike tells Garcelle he's not ready to tell them yet. And she replied, well, you better beat me to the bottom of the stairs then. Too late. (laughs) Jeez. I'll give you a three-second head start, my friend. That's about where we're going to end up. I don't owe you keeping this secret for you. (laughs) Garcelle says she doesn't sleep at all that night because she's sobbing uncontrollably, Mm -hmm. like just ugly tears. Yeah. At some point in the middle of the night, Garcelle gets an idea. She decides she's going to write an email. This is the butter email that would become infamous that she calls, uh, she calls, quote unquote, the email heard round. The world. Do You've heard of the shot round the world. This Mm. is the email heard round the world. So Garcelle is sending the email to a group of close and trusted friends at Creative Artists Agency. Where Mike works. Garcelle is very blunt and explained how devastated and heartbroken she was by Mike's infidelity. And how Mike's infidelity was going to impact their family. And she titled the email... What did Tiger Woods Jesse James and Mike Nyland have in common? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> now all three <laughs> Trashy Divorces alums. Talk about some brass knuckles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garcelle's not embarrassed to share the details because she knew his behavior was, was not her shame to bear. Yeah, she didn't do anything wrong. No, I want my friends, uh-huh. I want y'all to hear this from me. hmm Unfortunately, as you can imagine, one of those friends leaked the email publicly, so now everyone could read her email. Hmm. The email in part read, I found out today that my husband of almost nine years has been having an affair for five years with some slut in Chicago. I'm devastated, four exclamation points, and I have been duped, two exclamation points. Our boys don't deserve this, one exclamation point. A few days later, Garcelle finds out that Us Weekly was publishing an article claiming that Mike had been actually having an affair with not just the one woman in Chicago, but multiple women. In the aftermath of this news, Garcelle grapples with what to do next moving forward. She considers trying to work it out with her husband. After all, they have kids together. I'm certain she's probably got some shades of mom, right? Right? It's an, an interesting thought. They do go to couples therapy for a while, but eventually Garcelle sure. realizes. But
1: if he's got like a girlfriend in every city, like yeah. how
0: are you ever going to trust him again? Yeah, I can't stay with you. Yeah. I got a GTFO. GTFO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She'll write, we had two little boys, the history, a public image, and had built a nice life together. And let's be honest, no woman wants to start all over again in her forties. Despite these urges, I also had the very real perspective of what a lack of trust and undeserved forgiveness can do to a woman's soul. Mm. I'm going to read that again because I think that is no truer words ever spoken. Despite these urges, I also had the very real perspective on what a lack of trust and undeserved forgiveness can do to a woman's soul. I realized that if I had stayed in a relationship with him, it would have changed the very essence of who I was as a woman. I would have become that insecure wife, gripped with anxiety and doubt every time her husband left the house. I would constantly be sneaking into his emails, looking at his texts, questioning his phone conversations. I wasn't willing to go there. I wasn't willing to have my boys grow up with a mother so preoccupied and consumed by such insecurity and mental anguish. I saw my mom go through it and I didn't want to be her. Not like this. Not this time.
1: That's awesome. That is so self-aware.
0: That is that's awesome. Garcelle is my fan favorite. I just, <laughs> I dig her so much. Garcello Bovee files for divorce. Her twin boys are three years old when the divorce is finalized. And in order to recover and rebuild from the infidelity and public betrayal, Garcella embarks on a journey of ser- uh, therapy and self-healing saying I did all the things they say you should do because I didn't want my adult drama to affect my kids. I couldn't have moved on and been a good parent and co-parent with him if I didn't do those things. We're doing the best we can for those boys. They deserve it. Now, although Garcelle knows she can no longer be married to him, Garcelle finds a way to productively co-parent with Mike to get along for their boy's sake. She'll tell Entertainment Tonight, Mike and I have done such a good job to get where we co-parent so beautifully. My family is really, really important to me. Whether we're married or not, we're still family.
1: I bet it takes a lot of really hard work to,
0: <laughs> no get, doubt.
1: to, to get to that point. Whew.
0: Got a few more things here. Over the years, Garcelle has dated uh, quite a few people. She has some Hollywood dating adventures. A few stars here. One of Garcelle's earliest relationships in Spiderweb News was with coming to America star Eddie Murphy, when asked about this relationship, Garcelle says every woman on that set was trying to date Eddie Murphy. He was the commodity, and uh, we dated. We dated, I think, for a year off and on. And how do I say this? We had a really, we had a really great connection. We really did. I loved, you know, obviously him, his mom, his family. We were dating, so that's just where it ends. <laughs> She's been pretty tight-lipped about the details and timeline of this relationship. But she does reveal I love her. She once double-booked herself, though. I once double-booked, though. I once had a date with Eddie, and then I forgot I had a date with somebody else. This was in the early beginning when we first started dating. And so they showed up at the same time, and I didn't know what to do. One was downstairs ringing my bell, and one was in my house. Oh,
1: my God. (laughs) Goodness.
0: Goodness. Another brief romantic fling that Garcelle had was with Will Smith after she appeared on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air after he had divorced his first wife, Cherie Zampino. Garcelle happens to be good friends with Cherie now. She even brought her on the cast of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for like a friend guest appearance. Garcelle tells Las Culturitas podcast, I was an ingenue. He was single and a TV star, so we went out a couple of times. It wasn't a long-lasting relationship. On an episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, though, Garcelle tells Sheree about the time she knew she was going to stop dating Will Smith. I remember one day calling him, and he was in the car with his oldest son, Trey. So, you know, he picked up on the car or Bluetooth or whatever it was back in the day, or speakerphone, whatever it was, and he said, Hey, how are you doing? And I said, I'm great. And I heard this little voice in the background go, Is that Miss Jada? Oh boy. And that's when I was like, hmm, okay, I'm not the only one. Yep. Exit, stage left. She shares that with a laugh, adding, if a kid knows somebody, then that person's a little bit more important, yep. right? Yep. What's happening today with Garcelle? She is love it, enjoying professional and personal success, having a great relationship with her kids who are all doing well. Garcelle will join the Cast of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in 2020 is the first black cast member and has been a fan favorite ever since. She was co-host on the talk show The Real for two seasons and also does appear in Coming to America 2 in 2021. Garcelle recently signed a development deal with NBC Universal Television and streaming through her production company, Garcelle Beauvais Productions. Loving this part. She's enjoying dating. Is open to finding love again. This is part of the prologue of her 2022 memoir she'll write. And I just, I love this. It's fan favorite. Keeping it real is at the center of my truth. Keeping it real with myself, my colleagues, my family, and my friends. It's not in my nature to fake it. The truth is always written all over my face and flowing from my soul. Some can handle it and others can't. I can't change other people. I can only make sure that I stay faithfully committed to showing up authentically so that I show up like the best version of Garcel. That's awesome. I love that story. That's my trashy divorces for the day. What a ride. She doesn't, she gets brightly colored trash cans. I mean, <laughs> sending the email was a little bit trashy, but I appreciate living from an authentic spot. Yep. yep. You better beat me to the stairs, Mike. Man. Wow, I love that story. That's rough. That was great. Thank you. All for y'all, pandas. All for y'all. We are closing down this episode. Thank you for tuning in to listen. Don't forget, if you need more Trashy Divorces before we come back this weekend with your banger of a story, you can get some free episodes over at bit.ly slash trash candy or give yourself the gift of a little trash candy in your stocking. Patreon.com slash Trashy Divorces will give you all the options to subscribe over there for ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, all the good stuff.
1: Zoom calls, a fantastic community. In the meantime, we will be back on Sunday with uh, brand
0: new Pipe and Hot Trashy Divorces. I gotta love it. Until then, friends, keep those hands clean. Keep your hearts trashy. Have a fantastic week. Bye.